Hi, this is Pastor Chris from Pure Church in Fort Pierce, Florida. We want to welcome you to our new series called Surrender, Taking Off the Old and Putting on the New, where Pastor Nick talks about the process of surrendering our lives to Jesus and living a life pleasing to God. We hope you enjoy the series, and don't forget to join us in service every Sunday at 11 a.m. Hallelujah. Heavenly Father, I thank you for your word, sharper than a two-edged sword. It divides between soul, spirit, joint, marrow, and it judges the intentions and the thoughts of our hearts, God. Heavenly Father, I thank you that your word is going to cut stuff out of us today. And I thank you that it's seed. It's going to plant things in us that are going to grow up and produce fruits of righteousness in our lives. In the mighty name of Jesus, I thank you for a spirit of wisdom and revelation. I thank you, Lord, that we will walk out of here knowing things and understanding things that we've never known before. Holy Spirit, I ask that you would speak to each and every person's heart. Answer the questions that they have. Give them wisdom so that they can walk through the things they're facing. And we trust you with our lives in Jesus' mighty name. Can you give him an amen? Amen. Well, good to have you here this morning. You know, listening to the testimonies, that's my favorite part. And I don't like perfect testimonies. If there's no test, there's no money. You know what I'm saying? And so people go through stuff. Anybody in the building that's alive, you're going to go through stuff. Here's the thing. God doesn't need to throw stuff at you. He said, in this life, stuff is coming. Look at the person next to you and say, in this life, you'll face trials, struggles, troubles, Some of that stuff you didn't even create. In this life, storms are going to arise. Storms are going to show up. I mean, it's not sunny every day, is it? And occasionally there's there's a hurricane. Is there anything you can do about these storms that are coming against your life? No. But Jesus said in the book of Matthew that if you'll build your house on the Word, if you'll listen to His teachings and obey it when the storm comes, because it's coming... The wind and the wave will beat against the house, but that house will not collapse. It will stand every storm. Look at the person next to you and say, if you want to win, you got to get the word. I feel like that's the theme for today. Look at the person next to you. If you want to win, you got to get the word. So a couple of weeks ago, I started a message series on surrender. Say surrender. And the message is basically about the cross, understanding the cross, understanding what the cross is all about and the power that's available to us at the cross. Jesus died on the cross. Think about that. That's the foundation message of the Bible. Had Jesus not died on the cross and rose from the dead, we would not have the faith we have. We would not have Christianity as we know it. Because if Jesus died, he'd be dead. He'd be like Muhammad, Buddha, and the rest of the prophets. But he's not a prophet. He's the son of God. Can you say amen? And he rose from the dead. And just as Christ rose from the dead, the same spirit that raised him from the dead lives in us as Christians. When you got the Holy Ghost on the inside of you, you got that same power that raised him from the dead. God living on the inside. There is life after death. The fact that Jesus came back to life after he died gives you hope that when you die, it's not over. What other religion promises that? There is none that promises that. 
So we got the real thing. Look at somebody and tell them you got the good stuff. You got the right stuff. All right, go to Matthew chapter 16. We're called, the, we, we should be pure church that sings. Pure church, the musical. Because even Selena's up here now singing. Chris is up there. He's now dancing and singing. I mean, we've got stuff happening. <laughs> and then he's like, should I do it again? You know, when I listen to the testimonies and I hear the people struggling, the fact that they're struggling means they haven't given up. They're fighting. So they are learning how to overcome things that they've faced their whole lives. They're standing up to the struggles with Jesus, with God, helping them, and they're going to overcome every struggle they're facing. But if you never stand up and if you never stand with God, you're going to get taken out every single time. You don't, you don't really, I don't know if you do, but maybe some of you do. You're here, so obviously you do. But Sunday is essential. Sitting in this environment is essential. Because there's no other place that's going to train you how to use the weapons of warfare in the spirit to overcome things that there's nothing in the world that can help you overcome those things. It's only God. How are you going to win a battle without God? There's some battles that you cannot win in the flesh. The enemy, the devil as a spirit at his weakest is stronger than you at your full potential in the flesh. So you're going to fight him with sticks and stones. You lose every single time. And so you've got to understand the weapons that you have in the spirit and how to fight your battles and how to win. And the battlefield is the mind. Look at somebody and tell them the place where you win the battle is in the mind. Because if you believe you've lost, guess what? You lost. As a man thinks in his heart, so is he. So if you're defeated in the head, you're done. And that's what the enemy wants to do. He wants to hit you and hit you and hit you and hit you and hit you with circumstance, situations, things from every side. So that you will give up fighting. And you will become a prisoner. And I am not a prisoner of war. I have a banner over me that says victory and I win. Can you say amen? amen. And so the word of God and what happens here on a Sunday morning gives you the power to win every single day. And listen, motivational teaching isn't going to help you. Positive vibes are not going to help you. You need the Holy Ghost. Don't give me positive vibes. Give me the power of God. I'm sending positive vibes. Stick your positives. Give me the Holy Ghost. Can you say amen? amen. Hallelujah. Matthew chapter 16. <clears throat> Let me finish by saying this. We just got to keep it real. Can you say amen? amen. We're not, we're not going to fake church, pretend church, fake whatever. Be real. If you're struggling with depression, hey, I'm struggling with depression. Guess what? We can pray and deal with it. If you're dealing with struggles at home, be real. Don't pretend 
like things are good. Just be open so that you can win, you can overcome. If you're lying about your position, you've already lost. If you're lying, you've lost. Be real. Face it. You know, I look perfect. But it took a long time to get here. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> so we all fight battles. We all go through things. Listen, once you've overcome the battles in the flesh and you've overcome the battles in the world, you've got to start fighting battles in Christ. And that's to take territory. So there's always going to be a battle. So you've got to learn how to fight and win. Because once I've taken down the giants in my life, I can help you take the giants down in your life. Can you say amen? And, and the key to victory is surrender. Not to the enemy, but to God. Matthew chapter 16, I read the whole chapter last week, but I want to read uh, verse 13, that section. It says, when Jesus came to the region of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples, who do people say that the Son of Man is? Well, they replied, some say John the Baptist, some say Elijah, others Jeremiah, or one of the prophets. Then he asked them a straight question, but who do you say that I am? If Jesus was standing here today and he looked you in the eyeballs and he said to you, who do you say that I am? What are you going to answer? And here Simon Peter answered, you are the Messiah or you are the Christ. You are the son of the living God. So Peter didn't identify him even though he grew up in the time Jesus was a boy. Peter didn't identify him as Joseph and Mary's son, which he could have. They could have called him the son of a carpenter. Or maybe... I heard somebody else say this, Jesus' father was not a carpenter, he was a general contractor. So, how do you know him? Is he, is he some prophet? Is he some man of God? Or is he the son of God? And here, Peter says, you are the Messiah, the son of the living God. And Jesus replied, you're blessed, Simon. I want you to know that if you know him as the Christ, as the Messiah, as the Son of God, then you're blessed. Because my Father in heaven has revealed this to you. You did not learn this from any human being. No man taught you this. This is a revelation that came straight from heaven. Now I say to you that you are Peter, which means rock. And upon the rock I will build my church, and all the powers of hell will not conquer it. The minute that you know Jesus Christ as your Lord, your Savior, your Messiah, you become solid and you have a foundation that's unshakable. And nothing in hell is going to shake you. What I love about this passage of Scripture, it doesn't say hell's attacking you. It says you're attacking the gates of hell. Look at the person next to you. Say, we're not hiding. We're not scared of the devil. We're going to attack him. We're going to go take territory. We're going to go take the things that he has held captive. And we're going to release those things from his hands. Can you say amen? Say, we're here to conquer. We're here to take territory. We're not here to defend ourselves. We're here to win. Can you say amen? We're going to go pick a fight. That church 
They are violent. Yes. Because we're tired of the devil attacking our finances. We're tired of the devil attacking our children, our marriage, our homes, our cities, our businesses, our health. And listen, one of two things are going to happen. You're either being attacked or you're attacking. So if you're just going to play church and you're going to come and sit down and think everything's going to be hunky-dory, the devil's going to leave you alone. i got news for you. He's not leaving you alone. He hates you, and he wants to steal, kill, and destroy. He's coming after you. So you got to make a decision. Forget about it. I'm coming after you. That's why I want to throw my podium. Because I'm ready to fight. But I'm not ready to fight with spears and javelins. I'm ready to fight things in the spirit realm. Can you say amen? And the way that you win the battle is when you deal with the stuff going on on the inside of you. Oh, let's go here. Look at somebody and say, let me help you out. Spiritual warfare is not about you getting in an airplane, flying to 30,000 feet, and shouting at the devil. That's not how you bring principalities and powers down. Can you say amen? Say the principalities, the powers spiritual wickedness and the stuff in heavenly places impacts your thought life this is the world that you live in this is where you conquer the enemy does the enemy sit on the throne of your heart or does Jesus sit on the throne of your heart because whoever sits on the throne is the king and he's the one that you serve so if you let the enemy slip into the throne then he's ruling through your life. And I can't do anything for my wife or for any other person. Every person has to learn to fight this battle and win and be victorious in Christ Jesus on the inside of them. Can you say amen? Then your household will have peace. Then your household will have joy. Because if you don't have it first, it's not coming to your house. Can you say amen? So if you don't take the territory in here, you're never going to have peace around you. It's important. Yeah, we're ready to go fight all these battles. But this is the most important battle. Your heart, your mind, your will, your emotions, your imagination. Depression wants to slip in there. What are you going to do with that battle? How do you win that battle? Anger wants to slip in there. How do you win that battle? Jealousy wants to get in there. Doubt, unbelief. And then that gets into that position. Now you want to end your life because the spirit of suicide comes and starts telling you, along with a lying spirit, that your life isn't worth it and you should end your life. He wants to steal, kill, and destroy. And listen, if I'm facing this battle on the inside, how am I going to help my kids overcome the battle they're facing on the inside? How am I going to encourage my wife when I'm depressed? How am I going to encourage my coworkers when I've got the world on my shoulders? So if you're not in the place where you have victory, you can't help anybody else break out of the funk and get into victory. And not only that, you got to have 
some testosterone when you want to take out somebody else's enemy. Because you walk up to somebody who's depressed and you say, come, let's deal with that depression. They might attack you. Leave me alone. And so you got to be fearless. you got to be bold. you got to know that the Christ in you has got power to take down the enemy. And if he's winning on the inside of you, then you can help other people win. Look at the person next to you. Say, don't send positive vibes ever again. Send the Holy Ghost and the Scriptures. Send the Word and the Spirit and send some power. If somebody puts, we're sending positive vibes, forget about it. Send the Holy Ghost and some Scripture. Can you say amen? We don't send positive nothing. Oh, 19, and I will give you the keys to the kingdom of heaven. Whatever you bind or forbid on earth will be forbidden in heaven. Whatever you permit on earth will be permitted in heaven. So if you're going to let jealousy run your mind, guess what? God's going to let it happen because you have the keys to let it in or kick it out. If you, if, you let, if you let anger in, guess what? God says you can have anger. If you want depression, take as much as you want. Because God says, I've given you the keys. What you bind is what will be bound. What you unlock will be unlocked. So instead of letting the devil in, why don't you let some Holy Ghost in? Some love, some peace, some joy, some patience, some kindness, some goodness, some gentleness, faithfulness, self-control. Let some of that reign and rule in you. Can you say amen? Because that's how you win. Is when you have the, the character and the nature of God on the inside of you. Now you're winning. Now you're in peace. Now you can think clearly. Now you can help others. Why? Because you're not worried about yourself. If you're so busy worried about you, what you have, what you don't have, what he said, what she said, you'll never do anything. You'll be paralyzed all the time because you're so focused on yourself. And when you focus on self, you're not focused on who you are in Christ, and you're always limited in self. Say, I'm not in my flesh. I'm not in the world. I'm not in religion. I am in the kingdom, and I'm rooted and grounded in Christ. Say, I'm seated at the right hand of God the Father. I am in Christ, and my life is in Him. All things are under my feet. You see, if you don't have this scripture, like my wife was saying, and Jesse was saying, and other people were saying, you don't have this stuff in your heart, then you don't know who you really are. If you don't know who you are, you're lost. Because every time the wind blows, you get blown over. And I'll huff and I'll puff and I'll blow your house down. It's a great story. It's based on the Bible. It really is. Let's go further. So, verse 21. From then on, Jesus begins to tell his disciples plainly, straight out, Hey, it's necessary for me to go to Jerusalem and that he would suffer terrible things and that he would die. Go on to 22. Peter took him aside and began to reprimand him for saying such things. 
Heaven forbid, Lord, he said, this will never happen to you. Jesus' response. Jesus turns to Peter and says, get away from me, Satan. You are a dangerous trap to me. You are seeing things merely from a human point of view and not from God's. Look at the person next to you and tell him, just because you know Jesus is Christ, the Messiah, the Savior of the world, doesn't mean you understand the plan of God for your life. You know, just because you got saved doesn't mean that you get to tell God how things are going to roll. We have all these great plans and what we think, because this is the only world we've lived in, is the world of self. We've never seen or entered the kingdom. We've never heard the, heard the heart of God for what he has for us. We didn't read the scroll that was written before we were formed in our mother's womb, before the world began, about every good thought that God had for your life, the plans and purposes that he has for you, the talents, the gifts, and the abilities that he's given you, and all the resource available to you so that you can fulfill what God has called and purposed for you to do. You know nothing of that book. The only book you've read is the book of your desire and now we come to God God give me this give me that I want this I want that that's not how prayer works prayer works when you pray according to his will and so we get saved and now we think we're going to direct God as if he's our servant And I want you to know that it is time for you to surrender your plans, scrap them, and say, okay, God, I'm ready to learn and listen. What are your plans for my life? What is your purpose for my life? I'll go where you want me to go. I'll say what you want me to say. I'll do what you want me to do. Not my will. Your will be done. Have you taken the time to sit down and ask God what his plan and his will is and how you can serve him today? That's what it means to become a servant of Christ. Jesus said, I didn't come to be served. I came to serve. And family, until you start serving others, you don't start that journey. Your whole life you live to be served. My wants. You know that kids start crying from the time they come out the womb. I'm hungry. My diaper is full. Because there's a different scream for everything. And the mother knows the difference between the hungry cry, the poopy cry, I'm cold cry, I'm tired cry. So we cry about everything. So you can be an adult and still be crying. I want this. I want that. It doesn't go my way. I'm not happy. Blah, blah, blah. Well, I tithe and God didn't come through. Selena doesn't know what she's talking about. I'm never giving again. Why? Because it didn't happen instantly in your time. The pastor, when I become a member, he expects me to come to church every Sunday. What what about me? 
Why don't you die? your feelings and all your wants and all your desires, put them on the cross and go to church and find out what God wants for you. You spend your whole life living for yourself. Why don't you go learn something about how you should live for God? Well, it doesn't fit my agenda. No, I'm just being real. You can play church all you want. I'm not playing church. I don't stand here to play. Do you want breakthrough? Then get breakthrough. But you got to make a decision. I'm going to end with me and I'm going to the cross and I'm laying this stuff down and I'm fully surrendering my life to God because that's the only time you're going to get real breakthrough. <laughs> strong message. Yes, and you need it. Because the world has a strong message too. And the world, at least I'm encouraging you, they'll threaten you. They'll peer pressure you. I want you to win. And this is a war for your soul. And if you don't know how to fight, and you don't know the power at the cross, and you don't understand you have to lay you down, you will never have victory. Because this is what will happen. You will come to God when you have a need. You'll get prayer. You'll get temporary relief. But you'll go back to living the way you've been living. And you'll get yourself caught up in the same mess that you've been caught up in. And you're not coming through. You're in a cycle going around the mountain again and again and again and again. And you will die in the wilderness. But there is a promised land flowing with milk and honey. There is stuff that God has prepared for you. There's stuff that God wants to give you that your eye hasn't seen, your ear hasn't heard, nor has it entered into your heart. But you got to love God. That means lay down your life. Verse 24, Jesus said, if any of you wants to be my follower, you got to give up your own way. Take up your cross and follow me. If you try to hang on to your life, you will lose it. But if you give up your life for my sake, you will save it. And what benefit do you have if you gain the whole world but lose your own soul? Is anything worth more than your soul? For the Son of Man will come with His angels in the glory of the Father and judge all according to their deeds. And I tell you the truth, some standing here right now will not die before they see the Son of Man coming in His kingdom. And so I know the power of the cross, so I can boldly stand here and preach like I'm preaching and declare like I'm declaring because I know what's on the other side of death. Why? Because I've died. And you know, I, I remember the day that I died. I really do. Not a natural death, but a I, self, me, my death. I remember, I, I heard Catherine Kuhlman and all these preachers, they say, you got to die. So I starved myself almost to death. I gave all my money away. Do you know that you can, you can give all your money away? You can speak the tongue of men and of angels. You can give your body to be burned, but if you don't have love, it's just a noisy gong. It's a clanging cymbal, and you can boast about what you've done, but it brings no benefit to your life. See, not only do you have to come out of the world, the lust of the eyes, the lust of the flesh, and the pride of life, you've got to come out of sin. Sin in the flesh, living in the flesh, living in your emotions, living to satisfy the cravings of what you want. You've got to come out of that. 
And it'll never be satisfied because it's lust. And lust is never satisfied. So you've got to come out of the flesh. And you can read Galatians chapter 5, 19. It talks about the sins of the flesh. This is evident when you live in the flesh. Division, jealousy, judgment, anger, quarreling, all forms of sexual sin. You've got to come out of that stuff. Look at the person next to you and tell him sin is a virus that lives in you that you have to destroy. You know, let's, let's say I'm an alcoholic. Let's say I can't, I, I have to, I am bound by a spirit of alcoholism and I have to drink every single day. I am, I'm a slave to this thing and it makes me do this even though I don't want to. You have to break from that spirit that is holding you a slave to make you do that which is going to destroy you in the long run. Any addiction is going to destroy you. Trust me, I was a drug addict. I took drugs six days a week. But one day I recovered and then repeated the cycle. Why? Because I had so much bitterness in my heart for my life that I wanted to numb my life that I didn't feel that any longer. You have to deal with those issues in your heart. Otherwise, you're never going to deal with the ish, the fruits that are in the natural. You have to break free. And the place you're going to break free is at the cross. It's at the altar. You've got to come to God and say, God, I'm done with this virus this devil, this thing controlling my temple and making me do things that I no longer want to do. But if you're enjoying this sin, then you'll continue living in it. And you have to make a decision that I'm done with it. And even though it feels like your life is ending, yes, a life that is controlled by the devil is ending and a brand new life is beginning in God. Jesus is coming back for a pure church. He's coming back for a holy bunch of people that are expecting his return, that are not flip-flopping around in the flesh. Can you say amen? And we got to get ready. Say, I've got to get ready for his return. Listen, I do not want to be caught with my hand in the cookie jar when the trumpet sounds and the rapture happens. I am not going to be caught in the cookie jar. Say, I'm coming out of sin. I'm coming out of the world. And I'm coming out of religion. Say religion. That's another thing you've got to come out of. Religion is, 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 is so ugly. It's equally as ugly as sin. Look at somebody and tell them religion is super ugly. You know what religion is like? You know when, if you, if you die and you go to the morgue and they paint you up and they make you all beautified to present you? It doesn't matter what they do on the outside. You're still dead. Can you say amen? And that's what religion does. Religion will make it all look pretty on the outside to be presentable, but you're dead on the inside. So religion is a mask to cover the fact that you don't know how to deal with your sin nature. So I show up with my big Bible. Hey, brother, 
I got the language. Glory, sister. Hallelujah. Praise God op sport. Had to speak another language for Havana. Which means praise God on the spot. But it doesn't sound right in English. Because it doesn't rhyme. And so we can show up, we can look good, we can, put the, we can put the face on, we can pretend like everything's right, but on the inside we're dead. And God sees straight through that. Not only does God see through it, but my wife and I see through it. And everyone else in the building. Because when you walk through the door, you look like death warmed up. And it's in your eyeballs. You look in somebody's eyes and you look at what's on their face and you can tell where they've been all week. And so we've got to come out of religion. What does religion do? Let's go to Isaiah. Let me, let me read this scripture to you. Isaiah 29, 13. It says, These people come near me with their mouth and honor me with their lips, but their hearts are far from me. Their worship of me is based on merely human rules that they have been taught. So you are taught to wear long dresses. You're taught not to wear makeup and to take off the jewelry. You're taught to do all these rules and these regulations. You learn about traditions. You learn about uh, festivals and feasts. And there's a lot of performance that goes on. I can play dominoes better than you can. And you know, there's a lot of kneeling and standing and, uh, na, 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 and holy water. Do you know how many people have dipped their fingers in that holy water? I heard a funny joke. How do you make holy water? Very good, 500 points. Now, if you did that in a religious church... I would never, ever be invited back. The ushers would lead me out the door and baptize me. I would be put in the back room. We don't know that pastor. He never came here. They would erase the memory of me. Say religion is ugly. Religion is man's attempt to make himself right with God by doing good works. So I've got to do all these things to be good with God. Those are the types of people that say, you know, I don't need God. I don't need the church. I'm working on it at home. God and I are working it through. We got all of this. There's no need for the fivefold ministry anymore. To equip the saints, to raise the saints, to, to get them to do the work of ministry. God made a mistake by, by putting the gifts of the office in the church, actually. Those people have no clue what they're talking about. God knows what he's doing. God knows how important this is for the kingdom and for you to walk in the kingdom. Can you say amen? This is essential for your life. There is no other place that's going to encourage you, that's going to equip you, that's going to prepare you for the things God has for you and for the rewards you're going to receive when you get to heaven. And you have to be serious about this. So serious that you're willing to die. Can you say amen? Die to self. Die to the world. Die to religion. 
be transparent and real and come to God in faith saying, God, I need you to set me free from this thing that my mother struggled with, that my grandmother struggled with, that my great-grandmother struggled with. And I don't want to struggle with it anymore. It's going to end with me. This curse on our family line is ending with me because Jesus is my Savior. He's my Deliverer. He's going to set me free. And my kids will never have to fight that battle. They will only walk in the victory that I have. Conquered and overcome. So if you don't fight this battle, guess what? Your kids will fight it. That's what the Bible says. It says, choose life so that you and your descendants may live. So if you're going to ignore it, guess what? Your kids are going to struggle with it, and they're going to have to fight the battle. So how long are you going to let it run through your family line? Before you say, I'm done with the devil destroying my family. Cancer's ending with the previous generation. It's not taking me out, and it's not taking my kids out. Addictions, they're ending with me. They're not moving forward. Can you say amen? Living a half-hearted Christian life is ending with me. Can you say amen? Because I'm going to be faithful to God, and I'm going to show my kids by example how to live this life, not be a pretender, and then wonder why your kids aren't serving God. Come on. Let's get real. Let's rip the curtain open and face the facts. Face the truth. Deal with the truth and walk in victory. Can you say amen? So family, this is the life of surrender. you got to come to the cross, lay it down. So when there's a death in you, there's a resurrection of God's power in you on the other side. And when God's power is resurrected in you, you have power to set other people free. Listen, if I have a porn addiction, how am I going to help you overcome your porn addiction? It doesn't work that way. If I have an anger problem, how am I going to help you with your anger problem? And it's all tied to what's in the heart. You've got to get rid of the memories of all the things that were done wrong to you. All the things people have said to you. You've You've got to rip that book up. No record of wrong. You've got to rip that record up. You've got to rip the record of wrong to shreds. Put it in the shredder. Throw gasoline on it and burn it so it no longer exists. If you're having a convers- if you have an argument with your spouse and you keep bringing stuff up that she spoke of, she did 10 years ago, you have a problem. And vice versa. Why? Because love keeps no record of wrong. Your marriage cannot move forward or stay strong if you're sitting there. Well, you did this on the 12th of October, 1963. It's not going to work. Amen. We've got to give it up. We've got to burn it up. It starts with forgiveness. We expect God to forgive us for all the sins we've committed against Him, but we can't forgive a brother and a sister and a mother and a father and somebody for the things they've done to us. And so when you bring, when you bring your judgments and you lay them down, and you come to the cross and you say, God, they hurt me bad. They really hurt me. They stabbed me in the back. They took from me. They stole from me. They lied to my face. They broke my heart. That's hard to get over. 
that for you to actually say, God, I forgive them, you need grace to help you forgive that person. And not only do you need forgiveness, then you need the oil and the wine poured in so you can be healed. Because if you don't get healing from what they've done to you, the next minute you see them, it's like ripping the Band-Aid off again, and then you're all bleeding all over the place. So a lot of people say, God, I forgive them, but they never receive the healing. So they're still in the same condition. And you can come to the altar. You can go places, and you can say, God, I, uh, I forgive them. And it might take everything in you to do that. But if you just walk away without getting the anointing to set you free from that stuff and wash it out of you, you're not free. And you wonder why. But I've forgiven them 1,000 times. Why do, when I see them, I still have this feeling? Because you're not healed. I'm going to talk about one more thing and then we're going we're to close. Go to Romans 8 because we're going to pray for some people today. You guys are going to surrender some stuff up here at the altar. Today, you're going to get breakthrough. Today, those demons and those things that have been tormenting you your whole life, you're going to get breakthrough from those things. And you're, not going to, you're not going to live under that any, any longer. You're making a decision today. I am done with that stuff, and I'm moving forward. Can you say amen? I'm not going to have a world of trouble brewing in me every single day. I'm stepping out of drama. I'm stepping out of judgment. I'm stepping out of anger. I'm stepping out of who did what to me. And I'm moving forward with the things of God. How are you going to hear from God if you've got all of this stuff wrapped up in your head? That's the reason people can't hear from God. Because they've got a war going on on the inside of them. And then your prayers are not prayers of faith. They're prayers of, oh God, help. Oh God, him. Oh God, her. It's prayers based in fear and torment. They're not prayers of faith. I can go on for days right now. But let's just do Romans chapter 8. Now, what I'm getting ready to read to you, when you get this, you'll have joy. You can be a Christian and be joyless. Who knows what I'm talking about? My spiritual mom. When I would see her, she'd be like a beam of sunshine. And I'm like, that's fake. How do you live happy like that every single day? I'm saved for 18 years. I'm a pastor. I'm in ministry. But I don't have that kind of joy. Let me tell you why. Because what I'm getting ready to read is the key to you having endless joy. How many of you want endless joy? All right, here we go. I don't know if you're ready, but I'm going to give it to you. So now there is no condemnation for those who belong to Christ Jesus. Look at the person next to you and say, you got to belong. And because you belong to him, the power of the life-giving spirit has freed you from the power of sin that leads to death. As long as you are living in and out of sin, the voice of condemnation will always be on your shoulder tearing you down. Say, I don't get it. No. There is a voice. There's the voice of the Holy Spirit, and then there's the voice of condemnation. And until you finish bringing your sinful nature to the cross... You will be happy one day because you're in the Spirit and you've got people helping you. You came to church 
and you're feeling strong. But then the next day, you're living in the flesh. I'm irritated with you. I'm angry. Then you say things and you do things. Now you feel guilty and there's that little voice telling you how bad you are. That voice of condemnation doesn't go away if you live in the flesh. The only way to silence that voice is to get out of the flesh and you'll never hear that voice again. And when you do make a mistake, which is very rare, amen, because you're not living in sin, you're not practicing sin. When you make a mistake, the Holy Spirit convicts you. I was in worship a couple of, you know, the other day. I had posted something on social media that I shouldn't have posted. Just because other people can say things on social media doesn't mean I can. Look at the person next to you and say, God allows some people to do things and others not to. And just because somebody else can do certain things or say certain things doesn't mean that you're allowed to do them. And so I thought, well, they do it. I might as well do it. Posted something that I shouldn't have posted. I'm standing in worship and the Holy Spirit calls me out. Says, you, you don't have the right to do that. Take it down. In worship, I'm taking down stuff from social media. And then guess what? I could worship freely. And so when you're sensitive to the Holy Ghost, the Holy Ghost will correct you when you need to be corrected. Because the Holy Ghost doesn't condemn you. He convicts you. He, he says, ah, ah, you got to fix that. Oh, ah, don't touch that. No, don't say that. And then you're in that moment, you're like, yeah, I want to say it so bad. Who knows what I'm talking about? And you see, family, when you get sensitive, when you say no to the things of the flesh and you build up resistance and you become strong and you've crucified those things to the cross, then you don't practice sin anymore. Now you're going to hear the voice of the Holy Ghost clearly because there's no warfare on the inside of you. There's only one channel that you're listening to. And now the Holy Ghost starts telling you, ah, you need to go this way. Oh, you need to go that way. You need to go do this. And that's how he leads you into abundance and prosperity and the blessing. Those that are led by the Spirit of God are the sons and the daughters of God. But it means you have to be done with the flesh. It means you have to be done with the world. It means that you have to be done with religion. And you've got to make a decision that I'm going to be real. I'm going to live in Christ Jesus. I'm going to eat the Word of God. I'm going to fill my, my eye gates and my ear gates with the things of God. I'm going to hang around the people of God who are going to encourage me to move in the right direction. And I'm going to position myself to hear the voice of God because if I will follow and obey His voice, He will lead me and guide me into abundance. And that's the life that's available. But that life comes at a price. And that price is for you to lay some things down. You've got to pick up your cross daily. Can you say amen? Let's stand. Which means let us pray in Afrikaans. So I force fed you broccoli, asparagus, collard greens. Zucchini and Brussels sprouts today. And it might have been bitter in some of your mouths. If you had an emotion at any time in the service where you're like, shut up, dude, I hate you right now. That's a good emotion because it means that we're touching something that needs to be fixed. 
Do you understand what I am talking about? Is it clear to you? There's two ways to live. You can live in the flesh or you can live in the spirit. And you got to decide. you got to make a decision that you're going to live in the spirit. And we can teach you and we can train you how to do that. And you will be successful at everything you do. You will have peace in your heart. You will have peace in your home. You will have peace in your life. You'll be able to make clear decisions about your future. You will, instead of being irritated with your kids all the time, you'll actually love your children and see God's destiny in them. Yeah, there, I nailed that. Misty and I were never irritated with our children. They do some crazy stuff sometimes. We have peace in our home. We can talk things through. Our children listen. Our children make the corrections. But they're not going to listen if you're irritated with them. Constantly coming down on them. And it's the same thing with God. You're never going to listen to God if someone's always beating you up about God. We're not beating you up. We're simply saying there's a choice. And that's what we tell our kids. You have to choose. You know, when they're younger, they don't have a choice if they're coming to church. You're coming to church. But, you know, when they're driving and they're out of school and whatever, they've got to make that decision for themselves. And you've got to train them to be able to make those decisions and talk them through some of those decisions. I'd rather have my kids make mistakes while they're living with us so that we can navigate through those things than when they leave the house, they've been so overprotected that they don't know how to handle things, and they get out there, and then they go off the deep end. So I don't know what area you've got struggles in. But you have, to, you have to come to the place where you realize that you need God. Number one. Number two, you've got to realize you have to change how you're doing things. Because if you don't change the way you're doing things, you're going to go through the same cycle. What's that phrase? Everybody knows it. Doing the same thing is a form of insanity. So thinking that things are going to change by repeating what you did yesterday, they're not changing. You have to make a decision you're going to do something different. You say amen. So if you're ready for change, if you're ready to bring some of this stuff to the cross, you, got, you know in your own heart what you need to surrender. Can you say amen? So let's lift our hands to heaven. Some of you need to put your kids on the altar today because they're pulling on you emotionally and they're making you unstable. Some of you need to put your spouse on the altar today because nagging him or her isn't going to fix it. Can you say amen? I want to see breakthrough. This is what I'm going for today. I'm going for breakthrough. But the breakthrough is tied to your heart and what you're going to bring to the cross. And you can't expect your, the other people to do it. you got to bring you to the cross. This has nothing to do with the person sitting next to you or behind you. This has everything to do with your heart and God. Let me say this and then we'll pray. My dad and I, I mean, growing up, he was a good father. He, he cooked the best foods. He provided a roof over our head. He paid all, all our school fees, bought our school uniforms. We had all our needs provided. But even though my dad was in the house, I didn't know my dad. 
He was there. And I did everything in my power to please him. Everything I did was to just hear my dad say, I love you. I never heard my dad say he loved me until I was like in my 30s. And so I spent my entire childhood trying to please my father. My friends were never good enough for him. Any of the girls that I liked were never good enough for him. Any of the sports that I did or whatever I did was never good enough. It was always trash. It was always worthless. It produced nothing. He was never happy. And so even in my 30s and my 40s, not quite 40s, my 30s, I tried to just please him. So I wouldn't argue, you know, but I wouldn't argue with him. I just listened to what he had to say and I had to sit there and just like take it. Because on the inside of me, I was so angry at him. And when I dealt with my heart, my whole perspective of my father changed. Because I was looking at him through the eyes of anger. I was looking at him through the eyes of disappointment. I was looking at him through this lens that showed me all the bad things about my dad. All the horrible things my mother said about him. And so I had these lenses on that the only thing I could see was my dad's faults. I never saw any of the good in him. And you know what? It took God ripping that off layer by layer. It didn't happen instantly. But it was multiple times me coming to the cross and dealing with things. And over a period of 10 years, I got my heart cleaned and I got my heart healed. And for the last maybe 10 years of my dad's life, 6 to 8 years of my dad's life, I could actually have conversations with him. I was no longer trying to change him. I was no longer trying to, you know, get him to repent of things or see it my way. I just loved him for who he was. And I could listen to him and we could laugh. And even when he went off track with his ideas, it didn't upset me any longer. And so there is freedom. But it's all tied to your heart to the hurts, the disappointments, the pain. And it's time to get free, church. Can you say amen? And it all starts with you giving your life to Jesus. That's where it starts. It starts with you saying, you know what? I believe Jesus is the son of the living God. He's not a prophet. He's not a carpenter. He's not just a man. He is the son of God. And he loved me and he died for me. And he made a way for me to have a relationship with my heavenly father and come to know everything that God has for my life. That is the first step. If you never make that decision, you're on the outside and you'll always be on the outside. If you're in this place today and you know that you've never given your life to Jesus, you've never surrendered your life to him. I want to pray with you. Step number one. If you're in this place and you say, you know what, I need that. Or I used to serve God, but I walked away and I got to get right today. This is just for salvation. We're going to pray for the junk in your heart if you're saved. We're going to clean some of that stuff out today. But if you've never publicly stepped out of your seat and and confessed Jesus as Lord, today is that day. And this is what's going to happen. You're going to feel the weight of sin lift off you. You don't even know the weight of sin that you're carrying, but it'll lift off you. And there's a peace that's going to come into your heart that your life is right with God. If you died today, are you 100% sure you'd spend eternity with God in heaven? If you're not, let's make sure. Can you say amen? If that's you, raise your hand and say, I need that prayer.
great. Slip out of your seat. Come stand up here with me. If you need prayer, come on, I want to pray with you. Come on, let's give them a big round of applause as they come. Most important decision that you will ever make. Lift your hands to God and say this. Say, God, I need Jesus. I need your help. I want to know you, Lord. I'm done with religion. I'm done with tradition. I want to have a real relationship with you, God. I want you to come live on the inside of me. Come and clean my temple. Come and fix me, Lord. I believe that Jesus is your son. And Lord Jesus, I give you my life. Today, I give you my life. I give you the good, the bad, and the ugly. I give you my dreams, my desires, everything I own, everything I have. I give it to you, God. And I ask you, God, to have mercy upon me. I ask you to forgive me. And I ask you to save me. I ask you to help me win in life. I believe that Jesus died and God raised him from the dead. And Holy Spirit, Spirit of resurrection life, come and live on the inside of me. I open my heart to you today, God. I need you in my life. I'll go where you want me to go. I'll say what you want me to say. I'll do what you want me to do. I turn my back on the world. I turn my back on sin. Turn my back on religion. And I turn my face towards my God and his kingdom. I belong to you, God, from this day forward. In Jesus' name, can you say amen? I'm just so glad to be a part of the family No matter what you're going through I got you and you got me